When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He fully just jumped into the water with this costume on. Right? And then just how Edwina is staring at him, how Kate is staring at him. With the white, wet fabric. Yes. It's like, this is the Bridgerton version of a wet t-shirt contest. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. Welcome to the Art of Costume Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I am the Viscount Spencer Williams. What's up, Elizabeth? Oh, you know, just taking in the sun, doing some gardening, working on the SpongeBob musical. <laughs> Ooh, how's that going? We need a SpongeBob update. Ah, uh, it's go it's going okay. It's going okay. It's community theater, so it's a little it's a little all over the place, but <laughs> it's it's fun just to like come up with concepts and like right. try try and like help figure things out. So I'm like, ooh, I haven't done this in so long. <laughs> you need to tell me if it's worth it for me to like fly out and see this show. Cause I wanna support uh, you. It's but at if- the <laughs> it's at the end of July, so I don't think you'll be able to afford those flights. <laughs> Wait a minute. Maybe I will. <laughs> my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Would you really come visit me? <laughs> if, for, I mean, it might be a short trip, but. <laughs> That's okay. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it. it. How are you? How's your summer going? Well, you're enjoying the sun. I'm not enjoying the sun. It is climbing. <laughs> it's 93 degrees outside. So I'm actually just fantasizing about the winter. Speaking of, Elizabeth, I'm super stoked about this Jon Snow spinoff. Right. Okay. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Right. Because we haven't. Was shocked to see that news. Shocked. And even more shocked that it was Kit Harrington's idea. I was like, sir, are you yes. okay? Well, clearly <laughs> he's not okay. Have you seen some of his interviews recently where he's like, yes, I have a lot of issues. And his wife is like, yeah, he's got a lot of issues. And that's his problem to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I was so surprised. It was like, let's do a spinoff. And I was like, I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm like, if that's okay for your health, sure. Yeah. Like, would love to, Mr. Harrington. But... <laughs> Right. You you come first. You come first. Yeah. You be like, okay. <laughs> we could wait. I mean, it probably will be a couple of years, but I'm like, yeah, we we could wait a little bit. But I mean, time and place, Mr. Harrington, I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. I mean, I feel like it kind of, I would almost love for them to like wait another almost like 10 years mm. for him to be like a little bit older. Not 10. <laughs> I'm thinking like two <laughs> to three. I'm okay with. <laughs> well, wait, when was the last season of Game of Thrones? Gosh, I mean, it was before the pandemic. So it must have been like 20... 2019, maybe 18. I don't know. Because no, it was 2019 because that was the year I left. 
Okay. I moved back home, and then I came to visit for the premiere episode. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Yes. So it must have been 2019. Yeah. So uh, so it's been some time. So if you they know. wait till 2029... I don't like that math. That's too okay. long. Okay, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Your mental health comes first, but I would now that you've spoken this into existence, I do need the sequel in the next we're, couple of years. We're here for it, sir. We're get, here for it. Get Michelle Clapton on the phone. We need Maisie <laughs> Williams back. I like we need to start making some calls. If you guys need someone to help around an office just putting this together. Yeah. Elizabeth and I are available. We're really good at scheduling. We're right. really good at scheduling. Oh, <laughs> uh, but moving on from such a handsome gentleman, Spencer. What what is what did we watch this week? Well, we are finally starting our hot girl summer, as we mentioned last <laughs> week. It is hot. And the best way to start Hot Girl Summer is, of course, with Bridgerton Season 2. Yes! <laughs> oh, Spencer, Bridgerton Season 2. What a ride. What, what a, a ride. ride. There I say, I think I enjoyed Season 2 more than Season 1. And when I say I think, I mean I know. I definitely Same. did. Same. And like, so this is after my many times watching both seasons now. Right. <laughs> it, they're very different. They're very different. Very different. But, They're different stories. Yeah. But season one is about a young woman's fantasy that she has been brought up to believe. And then like having that fantasy broken and her having to like realize what the reality of her life is and how to make that beautiful and like her own world and then season two is about people who understand the realities of their situation, right? but come to realize they don't have to live their lives dictated by that. Right. It's all about duty, um, hard work, the crushing realities of reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get into it. I know everyone's yes. been waiting for this episode. You were supposed to hear a couple weeks ago, but... As you will see in a couple minutes, there's a lot of costumes to get through. There so. is, there is. And I have to thank all of you for not being upset that we <laughs> switched episodes. I very much appreciate that. We <laughs> love the support and understanding. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, we gave them a gay pirate show in the yeah. meantime. So I think everyone was perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bridgerton season two. Duty, desire, and scandal collide when Viscount Antony Bridgerton decides it's time to marry, only to meet his match and his intended bride's headstrong big sister. That is a very simple way to put season two. <laughs> that is a very simple way to put season two. If you haven't seen season two, buckle up, get your get your favorite rosé, snuggle up, and just hit play on Netflix. Yeah. It's worth it. When it when it asks if you're still watching, be like, yeah, don't bother me again. I have to watch this start to finish one sitting. Hey, I don't ask you any questions, so I don't need you asking me any questions. Mind your business. Do you ever feel very offended by Netflix asking if you're still watching? Yes. And even like and the other platforms do it in their own way. Like Disney Plus and HBO will just stop. And then you see yourself in like the reflection of the black screen and you're like, hello. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Get to it. <laughs> like, but 
I would almost rather it just stop. Because I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe I did fall asleep. Maybe I did fall asleep and you're saving me from having to rewatch a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but that's sure. our business. Yeah, that's our business. Cool. Like, but then Netflix is like, um, I'm sorry. Did you forget about me? Like, yeah. we can't do this all day. And it's like, yes, you can Netflix because we do this all day constantly. And your little message doesn't make me feel better about myself. I get it, though, because I think I have my Hulu set to, like, not stop. So I I think when we did the great, I, like, fell asleep and woke up, like, <laughs> two seasons later, you know? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, what did I miss? So I get it. But, yeah, mind your business. Yeah. Anyway, while the streaming services mind their business, we are going to go behind the wardrobe. We have <laughs> series creator Chris Van Dusen and costume designer Sophie Canal. Ooh. Yes. So this is her first major credit as a costume designer, but she has a lot of experience as a s- assistant costume designer. She worked on The Last Kingdom season two as an assistant, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, Artemis. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Artemis Fowl. And then Bridgerton season one. She was the assistant costume designer. Which we all know was a huge, massive project. So with them switching costume designers, it only made sense to bring up someone who's already been on the team. Yeah, absolutely. And from what I understand, she is doing season three. So I'm like, she's she's ready to just, I guess, do this over and over again. (laughs) But like with season one, we have a lot of very interesting uh, articles and interviews that Sophie did. One of those was to Variety, uh, where she talked about, you know, going from season one to season two. She said... I was really fortunate to be part of the design team on season one as an assistant costume designer. I wanted to develop what Ellen had created and really look at the characters. We had this foundation from them and I really wanted to push the individualism of each person and looking at how each of their stories were being told in season two. Ooh, I love that. Which I love this as well because she's like, we didn't have to, you know rewrite the handbook but she really wanted to go deep in to each character and i can understand why she's going on to do season three because while there was still a massive amount of work she had the stock from the first season so (laughs) while they had the stock from season one which is about 7,500 bespoke outfits which they restyled and reused in season two they made an average of 160 costumes every six weeks, creating about 700 for principals and 100 to 150 costumes for the background, with the total of 800, 850 new costumes for season two. <laughs> Damn. Right? <laughs> Sophie had a team of about 120 people in-house and they still had to outsource work wow it's massive bridgerton is massive it just is and it always will be right and i'm like oh my gosh this like this is literally a new costume house yeah like i'm sure once this is done 
that's just they're just going to rent these things out once the Bridgerton season is like series is completed they're like okay now we rent out our Regency era gowns yeah it's insane and I like really appreciate the difference between you know they're both incredible costume designers Ellen Mirajnik and Sophie Canal Um, but when you look at season two it is a little different than season one because to me Mm -hmm. season one is almost like like you said this fantasy it's very colorful and season two is also colorful, but like a lot of characters really get like humbled <laughs> yeah. in many different ways. So we do learn a little bit more about the individual characters and the costumes kind of work with them and their like realism, you know, coming back to earth a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. They definitely went into the, you know, individualism of each character, but also they were working under the constrictions of covid Mm. and she said to art and object we created quite a lot of our own fabrics and embellishments this season for many reasons really it's something i like to do but also we had challenges working with the pandemic and i'm like i want to know more about that what fabrics did you create? Like what? How? how? Yeah. <laughs> like what? What was the setup? I would love to just like go tour the Bridgerton, this Bridgerton warehouse. Oh my gosh! I would love to just have a chair and just sit in the warehouse and just watch them work for like twenty minutes. <laughs> right. Um. And you know, one thing the series gets knocked for a lot is its historical realism. Or okay. The not so much historical realism (laughs) of the show. And while this one was, you know, toned down, I will say from last season, it still followed that same aspirational Regency, not historically accurate Regency. And Netflix Tudum, which is like this Netflix like website with a bunch of articles about their TV shows. Yeah. It's Which, it's supposed to be ta dum like oh, the noise that makes when it opens. <laughs> oh, that makes more dyslexia strikes again. I was so confused. No, you got it. You got it. <laughs> you, you said it how it would be read. <laughs> See, um, but yeah. So Netflix ta dum. <laughs> That's so stupid. Um, it should just. Uh, Netflix, figure out a better name. <laughs> so, Netflix, <laughs> I can't not giggle saying that. Um, they interviewed fashion historian uh, Raisa Britannia, and she said, as fashion historians, we tend to notice what is wrong before we notice what is right. But at the same time, With a show like Bridgerton, the appeal is that it's not real. It's a fantasy and that nothing is supposed to closely resemble real life. It's supposed to take you away and put you into this spectacle of textiles and color and hair and beauty and everything. Right. So, you know, everybody take it from a fashion historian. This is it's not about the history so stop complaining right. about it. Bridgerton never once said this is based on a true story. <laughs> you know, like that's what makes me crazy. People love to give Bridgerton crap. And Bridgerton's like, 
What did we say this was a true story? This they're is a like, fantasy. Yeah. They're like, we specifically <laughs> said this was not realistic. <laughs> yeah. So cool your jets. <laughs> Everybody, if you're upset about the inaccuracy of Bridgerton, take this break, cool your jets, and then come rejoin us as we dive into the the steamy, steamy season two of Bridgerton. Ooh, okay. Hello, Blogcast listeners. It's Elizabeth Joy Glass, co-host and producer of the Art of Costume Blogcast. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all your support. If you wanted to continue your support, you can now become one of our costume mavens when you become our patron at patreon.com slash the art of costume. There we post unheard bloopers, highlights, and you can even catch our monthly bonus episodes for patrons only. Make sure to check out the description for a link to our Patreon. to dive into Bridgerton season two. I am ready to dive into Bridgerton season two, episode one, capital R, Rake. <laughs> it is the start of the season. The marriage market is opening uh, and we have the Bridgertons. Our favorite season is happening. <laughs> our favorite season is happening. It's starting the same way the first season did with the presentation and Eloise is far from happy about it. No, this is Eloise's worst nightmare, honestly, is this day to come. Um, just like we saw in season one, Eloise is in that, you know, diamond of the season costume where she has a large white feather on her head. She's being presented to the queen. And it's just so good to see, like, almost that same episode from season one replicated for season two. Yes. But it's like, it feels so different because whereas Daphne was like so excited, Eloise is having a massive, she looks beautiful while having this massive panic attack. (laughs) Oh, that gown on her is like literally stunning. I mean, Eloise looks great. Eloise does look great. And like the, this first episode is jam packed with costumes. Uh, Sophie said to Netflix Q, we average 90 costumes per episode and we can have seven fittings in one day since each dress takes three to four fittings to complete. We did 146 outfits for episode one alone. Oh no. <laughs> That's so many. <laughs> it's so many and just everything's gorgeous. Like even like the Vi- Dowager Viscountess Bridgerton. Like, all of the detail in her outfit. And you barely see her in the epi- in this outfit. Yeah, I mean... In her presentation outfit. You barely see her. The rest of the Bridgerton family kind of takes, like, a little bit more of a step back in this season. You know, really, all the eyes are on Antony. Um, yeah. But when you do see them... I mean, you, they are in a show a lot, just not as much as we're used to. They look stunning, though. Every detail... There's not a single detail left untouched. 
even though they're not like main characters all the time, which is what I love about this show. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another thing I love about Sophie Canal, she posts so many pictures on her Instagram. Everybody, I encourage you to follow Sophie Canal at sophiecanal.costumedesigner. So many beautiful behind the scenes pictures from Bridgerton. It's like a museum. Her Instagram is a museum and I love following her. I think I like everything at this point. Yeah. It's a virtual museum that you all need to see. And what you also need to see is Queen Charlotte's presentation gown. Once again, killing it. Yeah. I mean, as always, flawless. Her first like white gown. It's <laughs> it's, it's like wild. a showstopper. It's wild. It's so beautiful. But somehow it, it makes so much sense it makes so much sense this first wig it's one of my favorite wigs of the season just this huge white wig with the flowers and like the braids around it and then this this beautiful jewelry they made for her yeah stunning Whew, so stunning can't wait for this queen charlotte spinoff we're gonna be getting soon i know you know the I costumes know. for that are gonna be off the chain as well They're- They're going to be wild. What was not wild was the Featheringtons in mourning. (laughs) (laughs) Like, talk about the polar opposite of their regular looks. Right. They still have, like, those jewel tones, but they're very dark. They're so dark. You know, because they're in mourning. Not necessarily in mourning because they're, you know, the husband slash father passed away, but because, you know, they're broke. Yeah, because they're they're trying to stay out of society, trying to make sure people don't notice that they're broke. (laughs) But we also get to see Penelope's alter ego, the courier, as the courier for um, Lady Whistledown. Oh, Penelope. (laughs) This look is so cute. She puts on like this Irish accent. Well, I guess it's not an accent for her. It's her actual voice. Um, (laughs) Because Nicola Coglin is an Irish actress. (laughs) But she has like she looks so beautiful in her like undercover look. It's this it's this gorgeous like teal cape with just this like funny little like white cap. It's giving me almost like I was when I saw it for the first time, it reminded me of like an elf from like Lord of the Rings every time they yes. like appear anywhere with like a beautiful, you know, satin type <laughs> cloak. Like she's just this beautiful angel like emerging from the shadows. Right. Penelope looks great this season. I will say though, she's not a favorite character of mine. She she's diff I I struggle I struggle with her. She makes some poor choices. She um, makes some poor choices, but also like they're also choices. It's like what else could she, could she have done? You know if you know what I mean. Well, we also have Speaking um, of choices. <laughs> speaking of choices, <laughs> Antony is struggling to choose his wife. Um, this montage of all the different ladies he tries to court, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony just everyone, everyone is available, it seems like for him to marry. He has the world's best choice. And yeah. he's just struggling. I I just he doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to do it. 
he asks the weirdest questions though. Yeah. Like Yeah, he doesn't handle it very well at all. <laughs> like Anthony, you are aware what these girls are raised for. And it's not for these sort of questions. <laughs> um, but I gotta say, I love how each of them were just like dressed to the nines. Like they clearly all were looking their best, but it also made them all look like a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. But um, Anthony has quite the glow up in this. Okay, so is first of all, is his name Anthony or Anthony? I thought it was Anthony. But I keep, it is Anthony. I keep saying Anthony as well. But it's spelled Anthony. I think it's just a pronunciation thing. Right. So but I'm not crazy, though. It is Anthony. It's spelt Anthony, though. I think so. <laughs> That's what I think. I'm pretty sure everyone says Anthony. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I have this... And my horrible, like, almost Philly accent says Antony. <laughs> <laughs> Words speaking um, of the Viscount, um, the Viscount has quite the little, you know, upgrade though in this season. Like, he was attractive in the first season, but uh, my boy steps it up this season. He definitely steps it up, and he has to when he encounters the Sharmas oh, being yeah. hosted by Lady Danbury. Uh I mean, just I, what is there to say about the Sharmas? They're just so stunning. Um, I'll start with Lady Danbury. As you, if you listen to our Patreon episode, you know that Lady Danbury is my favorite character. She is just the icon, the legend. I love all her she fits. Is. All her fits are just top notch. She's full of sass, full of good one liners. She's just my favorite. And then she brings the Sharmas, and I'm like, it just can't get better. Yes. I believe she is my favorite character as well after this season. Yeah. Like, I'm always here for Lady Danbury. <laughs> but we have the Sharmas who have come from India to enter the London marriage market. Um, Sophie talked to Harper's Bazaar about their family's looks. And she said, we had a big discussion with the showrunner and the producer about how to represent the Sharma family using Regency dresses. We ended up using Indian fabrics and Indian embroidery. The jewel tone color palettes of Kate Sharma's costumes are important, and all the family's jewelry is Indian-inspired. Even though they're in Empire Line dresses, there are still elements of their heritage throughout. And I've got to say, they did a beautiful job. I love incorporating that. the Indian style into these dresses. I was wondering how they were going to do this and they did an excellent job. I mean, it they bring them in so effortlessly and they look incredible the whole time, but you could still see like the Indian inspiration and in, on in all their costumes throughout the entire series. And I love it. Ugh, I love absolutely. I love Edwina and Kate. They are just stunning i mean i have a crush on both of them i won't lie like at fair they're <laughs> elegant they're beautiful they're sensible right <laughs> unlike a lot of these characters <laughs> and just like the sharmas are the moment for this season mm -hmm. especially when it comes to lady danbury's opening ball of this season oh such a we love a good ball luckily for us there's like one in every 20 minutes in this series <laughs> absolutely absolutely and 
Uh, Sophie Canal talks specifically about Edwina to The Hollywood Reporter. She said, I wanted to make Edwina more delicate in terms of her character by always having a floral element to her costumes with laces and shawls. And I feel like you can really see those floral elements in this first ball gown. It's just, it's pink. It's delicate. It has all these beautiful little flower appliques. Right. And I love, I love Kate's look in comparison because it's like, it's this very delicate, like ice blue color. And it's like, you know, she just wants her sister to pop. Right. Even when she's standing next to her. You know, I love these costumes and I just love this entire season because we're really, what we're doing is we're watching season one from a different perspective because Edwina really is like so new and she's excited, but she also doesn't know much about the world. She is the Daphne Bridgerton of the season. She is. Kate really is playing Antony at this point because she was... You know, Antony in the first season was very overprotective and he like already had like a pretty strong idea of how this world works. So a lot of people went into this season being like, oh, my gosh, where's all the like horniness and all that? We're watching from like a different perspective. And that's what you have to realize. Yeah. And the costumes really carry along with that. Um, I also I also love Eloise in this first scene. Because she is like, her mother's trying to make her Daphne 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> like, the blue gown, the the tiara, like, everything. And she's just having, she, like, this is just a season of her having meltdowns at fancy parties. Right. Like, her, her mother is like, it worked the first time, it'll work the second time. And it's not the same model. <laughs> I have to say, after this first, this second season, I do not like Lady Bridgerton. Really? I do not know. She is a terrible mother. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she is. No. Okay. She ignores the wishes of her children. Like, she never once, like, so at the end of the first season, it was because she was like, oh, Eloise, next year it's your turn. Next year it's your turn. At the end of the season, she's like, you know what? If you're really not ready, you're not ready and we can we can wait a year. And I thought it was going to be another season of like, you know, Eloise not being out. But we start off and Eloise is being presented to the queen and just like, like this girl is clearly having a breakdown at every single event her mother takes her to. And her mother's just like, look at this suitor and that suitor. And just like ignoring the fact that her daughter is hyperventilating. (laughs) I, I'm going to disagree with you, but your point is taken. I think that, uh, Lady Bridgerton is very, this is like, her favorite thing. This is what she loves. This is what she's passionate about. This is her Marvel slash Star Wars. Like, she's a real nerd about this stuff. Uh, she does lose herself as she takes it over the top. And I agree with you on Eloise. She, like, really... She never apologizes. She does apologize. <laughs> However, with Antony and Daphne, like, in the end, especially with Antony in this season, she sees what they want. Like, she knows at the end, like, oh, my gosh, Anthony is not happy with this. Yeah. And she, like, comes around and she's like, you know, you need to do what's best for you. Marry for love. So I think it's in there. She's having her own internal struggles, which is why I don't think she's a terrible mother. She's just fighting through the struggles of motherhood. (laughs) No. Okay. And you'll see. Okay. She apologizes to Anthony. She does not acknowledge (laughs) Eloise's struggles. She does not. 
because I'm not saying she's perfect <laughs> in her mind. Oh, the no. next step, the only next step in Eloise's life is to get married <laughs> in her mind. There is no other option anyway. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> okay. We're going to have to take this into the break. Uh, next costume, please. Next costume. <laughs> I was a fan of the queen at this ball because she just looks like an overdressed fairy and I'm here for it. Yeah. Anytime pink and green are combined together on the screen, it's just instant, like instant joy, but also like fairy, <laughs> you know? like fairy cupcake, like <laughs> yeah. confectionery <laughs> delight. Um, but she is looking quite different for our next ball hosted by the queen. It is the diamond ball because she didn't find her diamond at the at the presentation because it was cut short by Lady Whistledown. So she's like, well, now I have to have a whole ball to figure this out. And one thing you can really notice in this scene in particular is the different colors for each of the families. Uh, so if we talk to Harper's Bazaar about this, she said the Bridgertons tend to be in silver for the Featheringtons. It's gold for the Sharmas. It's a rose gold. We did a lot of hair pieces, hair pins, hair decorations. And there are a few themed balls this season where the dresses are made with the same elements as the jewelry. So she's really like making everything coordinated once again, like going into each individual and each individual family, really just making them unique to one enough to one another. Right. Ooh, that's so cool. I didn't even notice that the first time, but it's like a hundred percent. We think about it like, Oh, the Bridgertons are definitely silver. Mm -hmm. The Featheringtons are definitely gold. So the Sharma's being uh, rose gold. Perfect. Rose gold. Yes. And I love that you can really see this connection between the jewelry and the dresses in Penelope's uh, diamond ball gown because it's a beautiful piece. You can't really see it in the show, but it's sparkly. It has these applique stars across the front of it. And then she has this matching like starburst tiara, which is gorgeous. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's um, stunning. Absolutely stunning. Perfect coordination, which brings us to episode two, Off to the Races. <laughs> and it starts with Edwina just having a line of suitors out the door. But Anthony's like, I don't got to wait in line. And then Kate is like, oh, yes, you do. And Sophie Canal talked about the two of them to the Hollywood Reporter Especially Anthony. She said, Anthony Bridgerton is at first a lot darker than he was in season one because he's a lot more serious. Yet Kate and Anthony share a color palette because they are on this journey together and they become lighter as we go through to the last scene. Oh my gosh. Stop it. That is so cool. <laughs> so I was only going to include her dress at first, but then I noticed... His vest is the same, like, color tone, a little bit darker as her dress. Yeah. I didn't notice that the first time I watched the show, but now that's all I'm going to be able to think about. That's so cool. I'm like, perfect, perfect. Even more perfect is the races. <laughs> 
I love the race scene. It's hilarious. It is so funny. We have Edwina being courted by this one guy, which I'm like, he's clearly like a young man. He's in this like fully like gray and baby blue outfit. And it's like, oh, yeah, no wonder Antony just like pushed him out of the way. <laughs> yeah. It's frustrating, though, because you could tell that some of the guys actually talking to Edwina might actually just be like good normal guys yeah and anthony's like move (laughs) he's like out of the way but we also get lord mcfarland i believe anthony's anthony's friend who he brings in to distract uh kate so she can't interfere yeah that was a pretty pretty messy plan there pretty messy plan but i also love how he's in this like entirely green outfit Because it's like, oh, yeah, he's like a little bit of a snake in this episode, even though not intentional. (laughs) But like he is a good guy, but he's like doing this shady thing for him. I love the Featheringtons in this episode because they're just being like the typical Featheringtons. You know, they're kind of just now stepping back out into society and they're just bringing out all the colors. Super yellow, super pink. I mean, they look like highlighters and I love it. They do. And I especially love the, like their two looks right here because it kind of reminds me of Chanel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, they're here to be seen with their cute little jackets. But moving on, because the new Lord Featherington has arrived, uh, the Featheringtons get to have a wedding. Philippa finally gets to get married. <laughs> yeah. And it's like definitely like, It's kind of like a budget wedding. You know, it's exciting, but it's definitely a budget wedding. But her dress Mm -hmm. is beautiful. Yes, it is gorgeous. It's it's much this kind of wedding is much more like appropriate to the time. That was much more common. Um, But Philippa's gown. Oh, my gosh. This is another one of those things where it's like you didn't have to put all this detail into it. Yeah, we hardly saw it. You hardly saw it, but it's she has this beautiful layered train in the back. It has it's fully uh, embellished with these flowers. Just the hair, the veil, everything comes together beautifully, even though it does look ridiculous. <laughs> like it, this is a ridiculous piece, but it is beautiful. It is a ridiculous piece. That's why a Featherington is wearing it. I mean, because they are ridiculous, and that's why we love them so much. Because of course they're gonna wear the dress with the one thousand ruffles on it. Absolutely. Um, also in this episode, let's just do a little appreciation of uh cousin Jack <laughs> in the season. I have to say, snappiest male dresser of the season i'm gonna put it out there yeah he does give elizabeth vibes i felt like you would like this character his first like blue velvet suede looking coat like oh he's a good dresser definitely doesn't fit in with the other featheringtons though no he 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 is much more subdued but i'm like i it's kind of hard to outdo the featheringtons and i was like ooh, i like this actor i like him he is handsome and i was like he's slightly familiar this is actor rupert young who played sir leon on the bbc show merlin (laughs) (laughs) way back in the day that was one of my favorite shows growing up that's definitely elizabeth show (laughs) and i was like oh no wonder i took to him even though he's a shady shady character (laughs) 
Oh, man. Oh, but talking about great characters, we have Kate and Edwina have been invited to the palace by the queen to look at some zebra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was so funny. Um they look so good. I love the use of purple on the Sharmas. It's stunning. They both they both do in different ways. Edwina's is a little bit more like bright and well, I guess I should say like more pastel. And Kate's is more like sharp and bold. Yes. And like that's how I see both of them too, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And I love this scene where they're sitting on the bench because it's like you can see, like, yes, Edwina is soft and young and pastel-y. And Kate, it's like she has you know, beautiful purple gown with this heavy velvet, like over dress. And it's like, she's like, yes, I am the responsible one. I am in charge and I'm only going to do what's best for you. Right. And then we have the queen in this ridiculous baby blue ensemble. Yeah. <laughs> always ridiculous, always looking Amazing, though. I mean, this is one of her best costumes she's ever worn. Absolutely. That blue color. I mean, so good. She was just ready to have fun that day. Who was also ready to have fun was Lady Danbury when she pits all the suitors <laughs> against each other. <laughs> and like a crazy talent show. And it's so beautiful. The Lady Danbury looks amazing in this red satin velvet number. Yes. Red looks so good on her. Um, Lady Danbury kind of changes her style a little bit in this season. It's a little bit more like a little bit more elegant. In season one, she yes. always had like a cool hat. Like she was a little bit more like cool swag in the first season but in this season she's hosting the diamond so she's like i'm gonna class it up a little bit put a little bit more like femininity into her costumes absolutely absolutely i also love this scene because penelope and edwina have a little conversation and i was like oh i wish they had become friends like right. <laughs> i would have loved that because it's like it's I feel like this with this dress, Penelope, it's bright yellow because that's her color, but it also has all these little like flower appliques. And it's almost like her mother saw Edwina and was like, you need a dress with flowers on it now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that probably did happen. We just didn't see it. But that brings us to episode three, a bee in your bonnet. Um, we understand why Antony is the way he is. <laughs> Talk about some trauma and daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. Um, so actually, the first time the you know the dad was stung by the bee, I went up and went to the bathroom at that part. So when Anthony had his you know freak out later, I did not understand. <laughs> Do you and not pause the TV when you go to the bathroom? No, my bathroom's like right next to my bedroom, so I got up and I like ran. And I, I remember talking to you and Chloe that night and I was like, is Anthony afraid of bees? <laughs> oh my gosh, I remember that. And we were like, didn't you watch the show? Like, yeah. I was like <laughs> the poor kid was traumatized. <laughs> oh, oh then the whole thing with his mother. Although I have to say, because this is 10 years previous, they do because I'm like the de-aging technology is so, like, prevalent today and overused. So I really appreciated how they used the hairstyling and costume to age down 
uh, Lady Bridgerton because she just looked like very like fresh and elegant. Yeah. Like so flawlessly easy. It was kind of creepy how natural and real it felt. I mean, it, it was it was flawless. It just felt like we just seen this film 10 years ago. It was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. But um, I love how you can see like Antony definitely gets style inspiration from his dad still. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, there are two peas in a pod. <laughs> I yeah. can't believe I just said two peas in a pod. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Spencer. <laughs> nice. Uh, also, it was kind of yike was the croquet game that they so play. fun. I that love fun. these scenes. Poor Edwina did not know what to do with herself, though. <laughs> no, Edwina is still like really out there, just like posing and like trying to look as cute as possible. And Kate's like, mm -hmm. no, I'm going to beat Anthony today. Like she doesn't yeah. care about all this. However, her gown is <gasps> beautiful. Beautiful. Like that, the lilac with then the like heavy, like beading at the bottom. Oh, yeah. gorgeous. So set, stunning. At beautifully set off by her gloves. Like, incredible right. perfect flawless yes um you know who else looks perfect and we haven't even mentioned her yet is daphne i mean daphne makes several guest appearances in this season yes and <gasps> she's enjoying her post baby glow up i mean she looks great she is she does look great i also love how they like kind of have her and edwina in similar colors yeah like it's Edwina is the Daphne yeah. of season two. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Oh, I can't wait for this like trend to continue. Right, right. <laughs> um, we also, Eloise has a very different look this season. And Sophie talked about it to the Hollywood Reporter. She said, Eloise Bridgerton has a masculine look reflected in the fabric choices. Heavyweight silks. And then I brought a lot of checks and Regency stripes, very popular for a gentleman's waistcoat into her world. All of the gentleman's waistcoats, coat fabrics have a very distinctive look. Fabrics are very important element of design. That's where I get my inspiration. There are so many fabrics. It was nonstop sourcing. We had three buyers who were constantly sourcing fabrics from all over the world. Wow. And I love that note for Eloise because it's so true. Like none of the other ladies wear the kind of pattern she does. And it is for the time very masculine. Yeah. And then she's right. You have like the men's waistcoats in this season. Stunning. Oh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Sophie knows how to do a waistcoat. I'll yeah. give her that. I will say this season, she really elevated the style of the men. Yeah, she definitely did. It was very impressive. And it like makes you excited for like further seasons, knowing like, mm -hmm. like we're preparing some of these characters for like some future seasons where they might be the stars, the Bridgerton family. Yes. Particularly Eloise, where there's this beautiful scene where Kate's on the um, porch having tea where she has this incredible teal number with this um, just like little teal and purple jacket where it's like she's she's making her chai tea, like thinking about home and like just so content and beautiful. And Eloise comes in and it's just like, 
I want to be you. And I was like, I wanted them to be better friends. (laughs) I mean, Kate was on a mission this season. So maybe in the future seasons, maybe we'll see Kate be able to like open up a little bit more because she had one goal. Yeah. I feel like Kate will be a mentor to Eloise in future seasons. Now that she is lady, she's the Viscountess Bridgerton now. Ooh. So like she's in charge. She's in charge of Eloise now. Yeah. <laughs> so I think she will understand and respect Eloise's reservations. Uh-oh. Don't bring about up marriage. <laughs> Don't bring up Mommy uh, Bridgerton. <laughs> ooh. Did you hear the hot goss about season three? I believe I know what you're talking about, and I don't like it. That the Duke might be returning? Oh, no, I didn't hear that. They're in talks to have the Duke return. I'm, which I'm shocked. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was bound to happen. I'm being sarcastic. He walked away oh. from Bridgerton way too quick. Like, all of a sudden, he was like, okay. I'm well, he's a great actor, the yeah. Duke. Uh, Reggie Jean-Page. I was I, well, like, sir, he walked away pretty quickly. Like, give us a moment. <laughs> What I understand is like it was like a mutual like agreement because they didn't want people to be distracted. If that's the case, then respect because yeah, it needed to happen. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, season three, I feel like he can come back and it won't like rock people's worlds. Um, whose world was rocked this season? Madame Delacroix. (laughs) I love her. She is so ridiculous. (laughs) And I just can't help but love her, though, because, I mean, she's she's the fashion person. So all of her costumes Mm -hmm. are top tier. Top tier. She's making all the gowns. I love this scene with the feathering tins when she's like, I can't. Like, her boobs are going to fall out. Like, this cannot be any lower (laughs) than it already is. And also in this scene, she's wearing one of my favorite looks of the season, which is just this simple black gown with this like pendant necklace. Like Madame Delacroix really stepped it up this season in terms of fashion. And I was here for it. Yeah, she's super chic. All of her looks are top notch. I mean, she has to be. She is like the designer that everyone goes to. So all of her costumes have to be top tier. And that's a big challenge. And Sophie pulls it off every time. Especially because uh, there was a a rival modiste. Oh, yeah. <laughs> popped up for the season. And Cressida regrets her investments. <laughs> <laughs> I love this scene where he invites the DeCalpas to dinner. Oh, yeah. They're, they're real feisty. This little rivalry. But mostly because Cressida looks so obnoxious. Yeah. She she looked obnoxious in season one, and they really stepped it up for season two. I mean, the, somehow she almost, like, makes the Featheringtons look, like, a little bit more modest, which is, like... Yes. Which is a great talent. <laughs> which is crazy because, like, Lady Featherington is just trying to get him... To marry the one sister, even though they're cousins. Yeah, yeah. Let's not even... You and I have had enough conversations about these type of ancestral relationships, so let's just leave it. (laughs) Let's just leave it. But I I do also love... uh, Philippa in this scene is just in the most obnoxious hot pink gown possible. Yeah. (laughs) And 
she's like, I feel so sorry for her. I'm like, she just needs she just needs a man to take care of her. Like, because clearly she was not prepared for the world. <laughs> no. But uh neither was Edwina. We have uh episode four victory where she is just trying her darndest to get engaged to the viscount yeah she's like what is taking so long why isn't this man putting a ring on it but we all know why i love this season because it's just such a slow burn i mean Mm -hmm. at the big complaint i kept hearing from everyone and i won't say names but season (laughs) one was just like every other scene is like sex scene after sex scene this season, you had to work for it. You had to earn yeah. it. And that's it what was made... a slow burn. And it was a strong payoff. I mean, it it just felt more real. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we have the Bridgertons uh, welcoming everybody to their country estate. Um, I have to say, Lady Bridgerton looks flawless right here. She always does. She always does. She always does. Like, this is just such a comforting mother. Like, we are in the country look, and I'm here for it. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you and I apparently don't like Lady Bridgerton that much, and that's okay. I I have issues. I have issues with her. I'm sorry. I have issues with her. But at the end of the day, she raised Daphne. She raised Anthony. She raised Eloise. So obviously she's like the matriarch of style. She still knows what good style is and she just kills it every look. Absolutely. Because we also have Daphne looking killer in lilac. Mm. Mm -hmm. We have Mm -hmm. Eloise actually looking quite nice. Right. (laughs) And we have Kate in this stunning blue lace gown that i was like "Ooh, i might need that <laughs> i think you probably need everything in a show <laughs> well you know me my clo- i oh, my i have to clean out my closet actually <laughs> 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 um but we also have the featheringtons and i find it wild because lady featherington has philippa in penelope's color yeah she's She's trying everything right now. Um, she's she's trying to make some things work out for her family. So she's just putting everything on the table right now. But this brings us to, I think, my favorite look of the show is this hunting trip. Where yes. Kate yes. Sharma is like, you're taking me. Um, and you don't have a choice. And she wears this like very Lady Danbury like costume. Yes. With the blue hat. Oh, it's it's a good one. It's this it's this very dark bluish green mm-hmm. with just em, like embroidery, like head to toe, but also placed very tastefully. And then they do it again, where the velvet lapels of Anthony's jacket are the same color. Oh yeah, <laughs> of her hunting outfit. That's nice. That's good stuff. It is <laughs> perfect. But we have freaking Colin. Colin and Marina. I just Colin and Marina. I, I leave the girl alone. I just I feel like this didn't even need to happen. Honestly, I just no. Because <laughs> th- like this is one of those things where he's like he's believing in this fantasy because kind of like ev- for everyone in his family, things kind of just like work out in this like fantasy. At least from the outside where he's looking in. 
And she is like, I'm content. I'm content. And he's just like, mm, I don't buy it. And it's like, dude, what else was she supposed to do? Right. <laughs> like she, she did the best thing for her children. Leave her alone. She married their uncle. They have their, so now they have their father's name. They're like inheriting the family estate. Like leave her be. I think what it is because Bridgerton announced that season three is going to about Colin and Penelope. Yeah, because they realize everybody's just done with the two of them. Right. So they, I think this is their way of like closing off the storyline so we can leave it behind, which. Yeah. Fine. Because I'm done with it. Yeah. Same. (laughs) Same. And so is Marina. But I have to say she looked quite nice. Yeah. Quite nice. She's happy. I mean, I mean, it's more like a content kind of happy. I don't know if she's like happy, happy, but she's like not living with the Featheringtons anymore. So with that being said, she's in like a nice pink and enjoying her life. So she's lady of this beautiful estate and her the dress she's wearing is this pink printed almost like cherry blossom design. And it reminds me of the gown she was wearing when she first appeared in season one. Yeah. Very countryish, very relaxed. And I was like, she just wants to live her life in peace, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Leave Marina alone. Leave her alone. However, everybody is over at the Bridgerton Hearts and Flowers Ball. Oh, yeah. And Lady Danbury had the look of the evening. She always does. That's what I'm saying. Lady Danbury knows how to shut it down. She's wearing like this red color with almost like this crimson uh, accent in the velvet. I mean, (sighs) ruby jewelry. She looks so good. She looks, as soon as I saw her, like, when I was rewatching it, I saw her walk up to the balcony and just strike that pose. I was like, screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> She's but, just stunning. Stunning. But everyone looks quite lovely, dressed in theme, reds, pinks, everybody, flower designs. I was like, ooh, this is another set of people, like, um, like in the great. Where it's like, they're all catty. They all don't like each other, but they will follow your theme. Right. (laughs) We might hate each other, but we will never disappoint at a costume party. The Sharmas are kind of going with that same theme you're talking about, where they're like more of like the role. They're kind of like a rose pink. The Bridgertons are like a very pale pink. And of course, the Featheringtons are just hot Hot pink. pink. Vibrant. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And... Spencer, this was the episode where I stopped liking the Viscountess when she sets Eloise up with that jackass. Yeah. And then is like, what are you doing when she like runs away? And (laughs) Eloise is like, I know I disappoint you. Her mother never speaks to her and be like, no, you're not a disappointment to me. Like, like (laughs) never goes to be like, no, you're my child and I love you. And I'm sorry that I didn't understand. (laughs) Please help me understand what you want. (laughs) She's all about business. I don't know what to say, Elizabeth. (laughs) Who's also all about business is Anthony. He finally proposes to Edwina. And I love Edwina's dress in this scene because it's very... her, Her dress is, first off, ombre. Very pale. Almost like a... Like a peachy off white tone that then like 
ombres into this like pinky color. And I'm like, because she has like lost hope that the Viscount is going to propose to her. So it's like all of like the happiness has like drain is draining out of her. All of her hope is draining out of her. That's so cool. (laughs) And like, she's been having all these big flowers on her dress. She, she just has a little bit of flowering on her, on her Spencer jacket. And then Viscount proposes. Yeah. He's decided if you like it, then well, if you kind of like it, then maybe you should put a ring on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but one of my favorite parts of this scene is the Spencer jacket. Mm-hmm. Sophie talked to Hollywood Reporter about this. She said Kate and Edwina wear Spencer jackets. There's a strong cut to Kate's, and we see her with shorter sleeves and Indian sleeve shapes. Throughout the season, the cut of the sleeves was very important to me because the empire line is the silhouette of the Regency period. You can't really play around with that. So I made sure there were different sleeve cuts throughout the episodes and that everyone had a, had a different sleeve shape in each scene. And that's, you can like, that's so noticeable in this scene is the sleeve, the different sleeve shapes, like from like the puff at the top to like, how how it's cut at the at the wrist like the smallest details making the biggest difference yeah it's you know i love a good spencer jacket not because of the name but they're just so flawless it's the one of the best parts of the regency era um yeah they all look should we bring spencer jackets back definitely definitely let's do this hats (laughs) and spencer jackets (laughs) The blogcast list of items to be brought back into style. Oh my gosh, we should put Spencer jackets in the merch store. How do we do that? Ooh, <laughs> we'll figure this out. We'll figure this out. Uh, but up next, we got to figure out a wedding. Spencer, after our break, are you ready for the biggest wedding of the season? Yeah, we need a little cup of tea and then we'll be right back. What's up, costume nerds? This is Spencer, co-host and producer of the Art of Costume blogcast. I love the simple things in life. Free parking, air conditioning, and a nice comfortable hoodie. If you feel the same way, then I'm here to let you know that if you wanted to support our show, you can head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. There you can buy awesome blogcast merch through TeePublic, such as t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and stickers. We even have a baby onesie for all those baby costume designers out there. To get your merch, head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. Thank you for all your support. fate (laughs) is that what it's called how dramatic (laughs) right right oh my gosh we have episode five benedict has finally been accepted to the royal school of art i think yeah good for him yeah (laughs) and 
Uh, Sophie talked about his kind of journey this season to Pop Sugar. She said, I think in the way their color palettes are and also how Benedict is on his artistic journey, he's quite distinctive in his color palette and also the choice of fabrics for his waistcoats, which are different from the other men's costumes, which I have to say, so true. Like they're much bolder. They're much more interesting. Like his, he's one of the men who like his look was really elevated this season. And I love it. I also love that he is like falling for the nude model in his (laughs) classes. (laughs) And I, I can't remember her name um, in this scene. Cause I think she's in this episode, maybe one other one, maybe. Yeah, I don't. It's definitely like a couple appearances. It's a couple appearances. And at first I was just going to like not even like have us look at this scene. But then on Sophie's Instagram, there are these beautiful pictures of the gown she's wearing, which is very it's this vibrant teal with these big, beautiful, bright yellow and pink flowers. And then. Her socks have flowers embroidered on them. Her shoes are fully embroidered. Everything matches perfectly. And I don't know if she's even on the screen for more than five minutes. It's actually really beautiful. It looks like a painting, you know, which makes sense. Her dress just like really represents everything that Benedict is looking for. She's just a beautiful painting. Ugh, so good. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the real showstopper of this episode spencer how prepared (laughs) were you for the lake scene it was crazy i couldn't believe that this even happened from a costume point of view i was like he fully just jumped into the water with this costume on right right and then just how edwina is staring at him how kate is staring at him with the white wet fabric yes. it's like this is the bridgerton version of a wet t-shirt contest it's <laughs> it's ridiculous it is so ridiculous and sophie canal talked to variety about this scene she said we actually had a fitting with johnny and we were spraying him with water and he was like no just give it to me <laughs> and we just absolutely soaked him in the fitting room Then I recorded it and sent it to Chris to say, this is how sheer we're going to go. So, yeah, that was fun. I would love to see like what the script said when like he gets out of water. It's like Anthony appears in soaking wet white see-through shirt. Well, (laughs) this is kind of a little bit of a um, of a wink and a nod to the 90s miniseries adaptation of Pride and Prejudice where Colin Firth plays Mr. Darcy. Okay. And there is a scene where he goes swimming in the lake on his estate. And then Elizabeth accidentally rolls up on him. And it's it's like this famous scene. It's not in the book, but it is this famous scene in like Jane Austen adaptation lore. is Colin Firth's Mr. Darcy lake scene. This was made just for you, Elizabeth. It was. It was. (laughs) Um, 
what was not made for me was the uh, scene with the Sharma in-laws. Ugh, that was that was tense. Yeah, so this didn't work out as well as Kate thought it would, did it? It really uh, did not. <laughs> it is um, Mrs. Sharma's parents who absolutely despise her. The mother absolutely despises her. I think the dad tried. Yeah. <laughs> he was trying to just be like, let's just move forward. Yeah. <laughs> but they both stormed out and left poor Edwina confused about why Kate contacted them for a dowry. Yeah. Shocking it's, and disappointing. It makes me so sad because I love Edwina so much. She got such the like shitty end of the stick in this season you know like she did she's beautiful she's gorgeous she's a diamond yet she has like the roughest time because this whole time she's just like a pawn and everyone else's game and i'm here for you edwina just reach out right (laughs) however well this this was kate at her worst man did she look her best yeah i mean kate never misses with a costume absolutely not just the simplicity and then the just the little the rhinestones covering it. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. But this leads us straight into episode six. The choice. Oh dear. <laughs> we start off of Queen Charlotte though, looking as always, 150% in this blue and like a light gold gown. Planning the it's wedding. Just, she looks like the earth right now. And I love it. She does. She's like, yes, I am queen. Yes, this is going to be the best wedding of the season. Why wouldn't it be? And the Sharma family is just so happy. They're doing their wedding traditions. And this scene is beautiful. They're all in these yellow, pink, orange tones. I'm like, they look so united in this scene. And it just is really gorgeous. It's really beautiful. And it like really is honest too. like Kate is having a good time because this is what she wants for her sister. It's just so nice to see like that traditional like Indian look in the costumes as well, too. It's just all very gorgeous. It's all gorgeous. Everyone at this wedding is gorgeous. Just everyone is dressed to the nines. Even Kate. She's just keeping the lilac. Um, but very simple. Very she's like, I do not need to stand out in this situation because Edwina just looks Ugh. like the most beautiful ride. And Sophie talked about this a little bit to up close design. She said, I started with the fabrics, which was a French lace, and then working with the cutter. And being able to place some pieces along the fabric, I really wanted to have a long train and the width of the lace wasn't as wide as I wanted it to be. So it was working with the amount of fabric that we had to be able to then extend it. So there's piecework within the lace where they've added cut work all the way to make the train longer. It's incredible work. And I'm like... I never would have guessed they had to piece this together. Not in a million years. No, it's such a beautiful look, though. Honestly, this is when my crush for Charitha Chandran really came into life because Edwina just looks 
really beautiful. This look is 100% on her. What was took me out of it for a second was when Antony has this kind of... Is it Antony or Kate? Has um, the fantasy of Kate being the bride. I think it's Kate's fantasy. I think it's Kate's fantasy too. She has the fantasy of being the bride in the same exact gown yeah. <laughs> as Edwina. Um, I also love how she gives Edwina her her mother's um, bracelets from her mother's wedding to their father. And it's just like, it was so sweet. And then just everything falls apart. Yeah. It falls apart real quick and like the most embarrassing way because it's just like there's so many people here and it's just falling apart. It's falling apart. Nobody's happy. And Edwina is like, no, I'm not going to marry marry you after she has a run in with the king and a very sweet convo with the queen because the queen's like, what you're married. You're getting married. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> you're gonna marry each other i set all of this up you're getting married and then edwina's kind heart makes her change her mind yeah it was so cute and like just so sad i was feeling so many emotions during this scene i just i don't know i just wanted her to be happy poor edwina it's i love kate but i was just like edwina this she is, like, didn't really deserve this my heart. yeah and uh, the queen does look good, though. I'll she does say look that. good. Um, she Sophie did mention in one of the articles, I don't remember which one it was. A, it was very brief, but she mentioned that they did put the queen in like more subdued tones because she's like, you know, I'm still the queen. I'm dressing all the way like I'm dressing to the nines. But she does realize she is not the bride. So right. she does wear more subdued colors than she normally would, which I'm like, the queen is so classy. Right. She's a, the queen of all people. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, this called off wedding leads to episode seven, Harmony. Everybody's miserable. And Lady Danbury and the Viscountess Bridgerton are just trying to act like nothing happened. I love it. Lady Danbury's like, we're going to promenade first thing in the morning and pretend like everything is a-okay. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm like, maybe give her a week, like, and then go on a promenade. But they they all look flawless, but they also look kind of like disconnected as a family more than they have in the past. Because it's like Edwina is wearing this quite frankly, a little too bright of a pink color. <laughs> yeah, they they don't know what's going on right now. They're just like throwing everything at the yes. wall to see what sticks. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Kate's dark, dark, dark once again, although her dress is much lighter. And that was one thing Sophie did was like as the season progressed, she made the fab Kate's fabrics a little bit lighter. Uh, and then the mother's just kind of stuck in the middle wearing this lilac color. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> she's, she doesn't know what to do. She's no. at a loss for words right now. Especially when all the ladies of the town are just horrible. Yeah. Just horrible, but looking so good. <laughs> um, I do love, though, Kate's um, gown that they wear, that she wears to the museum. Because it's even lighter than her, like, lighter fabrics than her promenade look. And then the ball, the failed ball at the Bridgertons, she's wearing, again, very light with the lace. It's a little bit heavier with the beading on there, but it's still 
very light fabrics compared to anything she's worn before. Yeah, it's it's she's very confused. <laughs> yeah, but uh, not confused for long. After a little sleepover in the garden. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, that scene was crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But she wears this beautiful, these beautiful stays, which so good. Sophie had a beautiful picture on her Instagram. Yeah, you all have to check out Sophie's Instagram as soon as possible. Actually, just do it while you're listening to us right now. Yeah. Just, just pull it up. Just scroll through, listen, listen and scroll, listen and doom scroll. <laughs> That's all we're asking you to do. Uh, just don't drive while you're doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. <laughs> if you're in the car, just listen. <laughs> but things get even more dramatic at the end of the episode. Kate get puts herself into a coma by riding when she doesn't. And then episode eight, the Viscount who loved me, Kate is out of her coma, and the Featheringtons are relishing their newfound wealth. Right. They are back on the scene and they're feeling great. Uh, Meanwhile, Kate is really struggling and she's wearing like this fiery orange, which is like totally like something we're not used to seeing Kate in. Yes. She's kind of like decided I am just going back home wearing these very warm colors. She's like, I gotta go. I gotta go. But she doesn't go. What does she do, Spencer? It works out. They get married. They fall in love. Well, I mean, they've been in love. But that scene where they're like dancing and everyone realizes that they actually love each other very much. It's one of my favorite scenes in a TV show I've seen in a very long time. It's, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Like that there, the culmination of their story there is perfect. And then the queen is like fixing everything for Edwina, like shutting down the nasty rumors being like, I didn't want them to get married. You would question my judgment. Yeah. Like, and then talking to Edwina, like, Hey, I have a nephew who is a prince. Let's set this up, which I'm like, yeah, set her up with the prince from season one. She deserves that. Let's hook it up. I just love that. scene. It's so good. Like Queen Charlotte sees them dancing and she just knows like she finally understands like she's the first one to like pick up like, oh, I see what's happened here. And like we could make this work. Yeah. At the end of the day, Queen Charlotte, (laughs) she loves drama. She does. And she knows that this is going to be a great next chapter. She hooks it up. Absolutely. She also loves love. She loves it when people are in love. Oh, yeah. So she's like, yes, Anthony, Kate, get married. And Qu- Queen Charlotte would be on our podcast talking about the show with us right now. She, she, she would. would. <laughs> she would. Uh, but it ends with Kate and her beautiful purple Anthony in the lightest colors he has worn all season and they are just ready to play some croquet with his family that purple that Kate wears in the final scene is a beautiful color on her it's the best I love that purple so much it is it is truly amazing and I cannot wait to see what Sophie Canal creates for season three I'm here for it I'm so excited. I mean, Bridgerton season two was so good. I was nervous at first because when we all watched Bridgerton season one, like we were in like the midst of the pandemic, you know, a lot of us were trapped at home. And like, so I was like, did we enjoy it? Because we were at home and nothing to watch but Tiger King. 
Um, and then we watched season two and I was like, no, I love this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, season two, like, I don't think I really fell in love with it till like the second go around because it does not have like the glitz of the first season. Yeah. It simply doesn't. But it's like the, the story gets you in a way that the first season doesn't because the first season is everybody's fantasy. Hey, it's Anthony's fantasy that he can just you know, sleep with this opera singer and like not, you know, have it not affect his position or like, you know, mean that he can remain unmarried. It just, it was never going to work. Yeah, for sure. It's all about fantasy. And this season, season was all about realism and struggle. And I loved it. And I can't wait for season three, even if it has to do with Penelope and Colin, I will get over it. Because I still at the end of the day, we know it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And I still kind of love Penelope. Like she did some shitty things this season, but I also feel like she she made those shitty decisions to try and protect the people she loved. Like it wasn't malicious. She tried to protect the ones she loved in the same way Anakin Skywalker did. I mean, come on. <laughs> a Bridgerton and a Star Wars reference in one episode. And with that, Elizabeth, we are at the end. So it is time for us to play our favorite game. Are you ready? I'm ready, Spencer. Hit it, Daniel. The one costume to rule them all. Uh... Who should go first? You know what, Spencer? I don't think it matters who goes first. Because we have the same one costume to rule them all. <laughs> okay. It is that, ep- I think it's like episode four or five. It's in the middle when Kate goes hunting with Anthony. And she's wearing that blue suit. Not not suit. She wears that blue outfit with the top The hunting hat, outfit. The hunting outfit. It is just perfect i when i saw it in a show i was like oh that's a good one and it's just so different than everything else we see in the show so this is the costume absolutely it's everything you know sophie canal describes that she wanted for the sharmas the you know still very regency with the indian influences she matches perfectly with antony like it really it's a pivotal scene and just a flawless costume. Right. And it's just like Kate, like breaking this mold that Anthony thinks that like all the women of the society have to be. She grabs that hunting rifle and she just like tears it up out there. I just love that scene so much. Such a good costume. I love it too. I love it too. And if you want to tell us why we were absolutely right <laughs> in our one costume to rule them all choice, you can leave a voicemail at our our inbox at 626-515-1826. Let us know why that was the best. There's a million and two costumes. So I definitely think it's okay if there's a few more one costumes to rule them all out there. (laughs) I I guess if you disagree, you could could let us know that too. It's at 626-515-1826. And hey, if you don't like talking to people on the phone, don't worry. We don't answer this number. Mm -hmm. Just leave a voicemail. Yeah. I hate talking on the phone. Same. I love to talk to you, but like not over the phone, you know? No. (laughs) 
Well, leave us a voicemail. Let us know your thoughts and feelings. Right. <laughs> but Spencer, I don't know about you, but our second Hot Girl Summer movie, I can't describe how excited I am to talk about this. You've seen it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm trying to get to the movies probably maybe today or tomorrow. It's going to happen this week, though. Next week, everyone, we are watching Everything Everywhere All at Once. I've seen pictures. I've had everyone tell me that we need to watch this as soon as possible. I can't wait. Michelle Yeoh. I just fucking love her. She is just the baddest. I love her so much. She, so. I'm like obsessed with her right now because I've been watching Star Trek um, Discovery. Yeah. And she, I'm like, I'm obsessed because I watched this movie. Then a couple months later, I'm like, ooh, Star Trek Discovery. And she's just flawless in everything she does. She is the moment. She's been the moment. It's time the world catches up yeah. and recognizes that she's always been the moment. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, if you if you miss us between now and next Tuesday, don't worry. You can find us on Instagram at the Art of Costume pod, on TikTok at the Art of Costume, or you can become our patron at patreon.com slash the Art of Costume. You get a whole extra episode every month every month including our bridgerton season one episode yeah so if you're like i have a lot to say about season one don't worry just sign up for our patreon it's only four dollars a month which i spend probably more than that on coffee every day let's be real yeah and you get to hear all of our thoughts about season one and it's a good one i love it 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 is a very good one um also if you're struggling with online or if you're struggling with dating apps that's in there too. <laughs> oh, right. It is. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> but if you want to also show your support for the podcast to the rest of the world, visit the slash pod store. Get yourself a tote bag with the Art of Costume Blogcast logo, a t shirt, a baby onesie. So many options. So good. And also, by the way, if any of you have any like ideas for our pod store, feel free to hit us up too. I'm down to like start expanding to like some blogcast art, you know, that sounds fun. Yes. And (laughs) if you're like, I want to know about this movie or that movie, you know, check out the artofcostume.com. We have so many great articles and interviews. (laughs) <laughs> it just keeps going. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, Hot Girl Summer is in full effect, and I can't wait to see you all next week. Have a fantastic week. Get some sun, and we'll see you next Tuesday. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash theartofcostume for some bonus content. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design.
Oh my goodness, I forgot to look up put this person's whole name. Give me one second. That would be rude of me to not say their whole name. Oh yeah, there are the pledges, if you can see oh. that. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the Duke of Bridgerton. 